0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Optimizely podcast. I am Laura Dolan your host and today we are joined by Dom Graveson who's the director of strategy and experience at Netcell, and Dean Barker who is the global director of content management here at Optimizely. How's it going gentlemen?
1: Yeah very good thank you how are you?
0: Doing well doing well how about you Dean how's it going?
2: Good, Laura. I'm a veteran of this podcast by now.
0: You are. You are, Dean. So we already know all about you. So, Don, please, let's start off by telling us a little bit about your background and your history of NetCell.
1: Uh, uh, Yeah, sure. So I've uh, been with NetCell for coming up for four years. Um, NetCell are a a digital product and uh, experience development company. So we build everything from kind of websites through to um, integration with CRM, Marcoms, uh, basically, building digital experiences uh, on the Optimizely platform. Um, we do a lot of work uh, with kind of um, experience research and data. So um, we kind of put customers at the center of all the work we do. Um, but also, we understand that there's quite a profound impact on businesses. So when you're really going to deliver transformational um digital experiences uh, and really up your digital game, particularly in the current climate and the world that everything's changed so much recently, um, you're, you're going to need to change your organization and the way that you govern, the way that you, you know, you, the way that you manage people. So we do a lot of work with organi- with our clients, kind of helping them through that process as well, the kind of change process. Previous to that, I was with some of the big uh, sort of consultancies working on digital product innovation uh, I worked around uh, all over the world. So, yeah, I kind of bring a few years of experience and broad experience to this.
0: Very good. Can you speak on some of the digital experience that you've worked on with Optimizely?
1: Yeah. So we've built um, products, uh, digital experiences for some of the major um, not-for-profit organizations in uh, in the UK. So we mainly work in the UK, UK-based, based, based just, just north of London. Um, we've worked, uh, we're working currently with a, um, a large agricultural organization that represents Britain's farmers, um, around building kind of, um, digital experiences and business to business, uh, commerce systems with them. Um, so yeah, then we also work with quite a lot of, um, well-known financial services businesses in the UK as well. So our kind of focus has been, Membership organizations, business-to-business, business, and financial services uh, with bits of, N- um, of um, NFP not-for-profit as well.
0: Very cool. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time on that. I always like to know you know, our relationship with partners, so um, yeah, sure. it's nice to have that visibility. So today we are talking about the digital evolution in a climate of very rapid change. So what do we mean by digital evolution as opposed to the more traditional concept of digital transformation?
1: Well... I mean, it's been something I think that's been emerging for a while, but for the last kind of 15 years or so or 20 years since digital really kind of um, took hold, as it were, and became a kind of serious channel that that organisations were taking seriously, it always seemed that the focus was on getting from A to B or getting from where we are now to a level of competence and capability which we can define at the beginning of the project. Um, And I think that over the last few years or over that time really we've seen that become less and less of, a, of, a, of an appropriate or working approach and what what we're trying to encourage now and what we're kind of you know you know building within the, the businesses that we work with is this um, approach to digital which is more of an evolution rather than a transformation because you know if you're working across a three-year program what you define as being the destination now Certainly, in the last few years, probably isn't going to be relevant uh, or, or fit for purpose by the you know within three years of you delivering it, and a lot of IT and digital projects fail to meet their objectives because of this exact approach. Um, so it's it's about um, kind of structuring your programs in a way that keeps an open mind, a beginner's mind, um, and has the uh, um, instruments within it, and governance within it, and structure that will enable you to discover as you go uh, and focus on outcomes or customer outcomes, business outcomes, rather than thinking too much about kind of architecting the house before you start building when you don't know where you're building it yet, if that makes sense.
0: Absolutely. Dean, is there anything you can contribute to this as well?
1: So Dom
2: and I um, did an event together in London at the very top of the Gherkin and we had a long conversation up there. We had a panel discussion up there. We had a long conversation about the fact that um, digital transformation is maybe a term that we need to retire, replace it with digital evolution or digital progress or digital incrementalism. And it's just the general idea that um, you, you make your way over time. You make little bets and you improve your digital estate piece by piece Um, I think that too many people are doing too much at one time and digital projects are failing for that reason. Whereas they're not being more deliberate about their goals and they're not giving themselves room to evolve organically. Make one step and see where that leads them and then make another step and see where that leads them. And I think the goal of instant, complete transformational overhaul this may be unrealistic for a lot of digital um, teams. So that was the conversation that Dom and I had, in which kind of led us to the idea of digital evolution. So
1: um, that's kind of the yeah. that we're coming on. I think also what's interesting with that is the idea that, um, as, as Dean was saying, that if you're doing more than one thing at once uh, and something works, how do you know which thing made it work? Um, you know gave you the success Um, and and one of the things that people aren't investing in they're investing heavily in in kind of in a sense trying to make progress but not investing very heavily in measuring that progress or actually understanding and interpreting that data to be able to understand what was the thing that they did that delivered that benefit so and this is one of the aspects where we need to change the way that we Work. It's interesting. You know, I I won't. You know, we've got we've got kind of heard of a major project just this week, big program in the UK that's really struggling. I won't mention names, but it's really struggling because they've been so desperate to achieve a certain point that they've kind of lost their way. They've hired lots of people. They've got lots of uh, you know, um, they've got lots of people leading different parts of the product and all the rest of it. But they're they've kind of lost their way because they're in their quest to arrive somewhere so quickly or make progress, they've kind of lost track of where they were trying to get from the business um, objectives point of view. And I think that's a common problem. I mean, you know, I've I've been in this business 25 years, I guess, and something I see again and again, um, that people are, you know, if we can build the team to a certain size, or if we can, um, you know, get this kind of throughput of features shipped we will arrive somewhere. And of course, that's important. Progress is at the heart of all of this. But you do need to keep this mindset, as as Dean mentioned, this kind of incrementalist mindset of, you know, break things down, take it a step at a time um, and structure the organization, manage upward, manage your sponsors, you know, robustly so that they understand this is not something that, you know, you can just kind of steamroller into into existence. It's 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 much more of a kind of, you know, a step forward across a series of fronts to make progress. Um, and and that takes kind of courage and communication with all kind of levels of the organization.
0: It does. And, and it is a very common problem because you end up with too many cooks in the kitchen, as it were. And then you also end up with a a quantity or a quality issue which is such a common problem that you find within organizations. Yeah. And then you also have the issue of just all the siloing that goes on and the lack of transparency between different departments. And so you have this huge team, but they're not communicating with each other. So that's also just a, a very difficult thing to work around. And there, there has to be a better way, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this is the thing is that this is why people need to, you know, where I've seen this successful is where it's seen as an organizational change as much as it's seen as a program of um, delivery of product or delivery of an experience or new channels or whatever, is that the organization needs to learn and change as the program evolves. Um, you can't just throw tons of money at this. You need to understand how and and sorry, understand how it's going to require people to behave differently, work together differently measure things differently, check in on one another, um, enable mistakes to be made in a way that is um, that in a way that that, you know, the people aren't afraid of that and that they get surfaced quickly and that they're, you know, maturely and honestly addressed, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and I think a lot of the of the of the sort of kind of wasted money over the last 10, 15 years has been where, you know, that hasn't really been seen you know that the, the business case has been made for the program for the you know the objectives of the program not without really thinking about how the organization is going to change and you know organizations are changing have changed pr- profoundly in the last few years you know we're working from home we've changed the way that we interact with one another socially we've got you know political upheaval in the US we've had we've got a war in Europe we've got you know All of this stuff that's really changed the way that we kind of feel about the world Um, and trust is more important than ever and kind of, you know, empathy and understanding and, and individualized experiences and all of these things are not just technical problems to solve by throwing a load of infrastructure in place. Infrastructure is important, but it's also about building an experimental mindset. It's about empowering your people to take risks in a safe environment. It's about changing the way that your organizations have run right from the top to show and demonstrate that behavior is, is understood from the C-suite, you know, from the, from the front line all the way to the C-suite.
0: 100%. So when you talk about these changes that organizations need to make to dovetail into this evolution, where have you seen this approach be successful? Do you have any examples that you can describe for us?
1: Yeah, I I think what I'm, you know, where, where we've talked about it, um, and you know, and Dean, feel free to jump in here, is where, um, you know, I've seen it on some, some kind of even small organisations that have invested in, or actually, organisations of all kinds of size that have invested in their digital teams, both from the kind of, you know, point of view of giving them the the the, the freedom to be able to innovate and the freedom to be able to. Um, try new things out, try new technologies out and build experiences and invest in um, audience research um, and and kind of pulling together the kind of insights departments and sources of insight within the organization. But also where they um, had the visibility and had the visible support from the senior uh, leadership, I think still you see quite a lot um, of digital teams being run by either technology or marketing. Um, and I think digital is something that that is actually the responsibility of the whole business now, the whole organization. I don't know, Dean, have you got any thoughts on this? We talked about this, didn't we?
2: You know, you and I have talked about this, Dom, and I think I've talked about this in the podcast before, is that a key uh, component of leadership, digital leadership is, is trust. You trust your people, to work towards the good of the organization. Too often we get kind of hampered by the tyranny of metrics. Like we need an instant uplift, we need an instant improvement where that really discourages your team from making small changes and making, um, running experiments and trying new things that might not work for some reason. We want everybody to guarantee that everything's gonna work right out of the box, it's not. And I think if you trust your teams and provide them kind of the emotional and professional safety to make small changes and see what works and come back to you and say, look, we tried five things, four of them didn't work, but this one thing worked really, really well. I'm big on taking little bets, small incremental changes, and lengthening the periods required for return and results. If you demand quantitative metric results from your team in 30 days, Um, You're going to get some very brittle results, if anything. Someone might even be massaging some numbers or framing it in such a way to give you the numbers that you want. But if you sit your team down and say, look, I'd like to be in a better place this time next year. Well, then they can come up with a long-term plan and they can try some things and see what works and see what doesn't work. And I also think that plays very heavily into employee retention. I, I think that lets your employees do their best work and be um, satisfied with their job and satisfied with their efforts. And I think it's a huge win for the organization, but it takes trust. As a leader, you need to believe that your people are skilled and are working towards the benefit of the organization. And some leaders are
1: more short-sighted than others, let's say. It's interesting, actually. Um, you talk about this kind of, you know, leaders wanting results quickly, because I think that's a reality of um of organisations on this path is, and, and and one of the things that I, a lot of kind of heads of digital or, you know, chief digital officers who we tend to work with, are struggling between uh, this uh, kind of, I you know, this kind of um, analogy I use, which is a bit like you're running a chip van, um, you're trying to feed people hot dogs and chips in the rain, and there's a big queue of people and everyone's hungry. Um, and you're kind of you know you know that you could evolve your product and have better you know make better food, but you're so bogged down by having to kind of feed people that you never get the chance to think about that. And I think one of the things that we talk about is building um, this idea of a balanced portfolio. So digital evolution or digital transformation, but digital evolution is always going to be kind of made up of combination of small little um, bits of 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 quick win work. And big core transformational change, which are things like integrating your CRM or migrating your um, your digital experience platform or swapping out your you know your your ERP or whatever. Um, and you've always got um, you know this combination of the quick wins, the things that if you're going to bring the business on the um, journey with you, you need to demonstrate some simple improvements, such as the marketing team in South America just can't update their campaigns without calling you. And of course, you're running a chip van, so they're going to be 15th in the queue. So they're furious. They don't want to hear about your big innovation program of new digital experience with customer centricity. They just want to update their campaigns. So it's about balancing a number of simple things that you can do for everybody, along with those longer term transformational um, changes. And then a third part, which is what we call future possible, which is like looking at what technology or platforms might be useful in the future for you and and experimenting. So you've got this, do the simple stuff that just the CEO, she's just getting hassle for every day from her colleagues. Um, Get that stuff fixed because they'll make you popular and it'll build you some support. Obviously, investing in the the not being afraid to make decisions that are long-term, you know, this is not the right platform we need to change or we need to integrate this with this or we need to invest in these people and upskill them. That's the kind of big, the big kind of transformational stuff. Um, And then these experiments that will help you discover what the future is. And and you have to govern each of those three types of portfolio in a different way um, and understand that the experiment's Will fail most of them, but that's where you will discover the, the pot of gold for five years time. Whereas the um, the quick win or BAU, I hate that term BAU, but the, but the, you know the quick win stuff, um, which is really important in building support.
0: So, how can organizations get started on the digital evolution journey?
1: Well, you know, I've always been a big proponent
2: of absolutely knowing what your goals are, what your conversion points are for your digital presence. a conversion, most people know this now, but a conversion is when somebody takes an action in your digital properties that provides value. You know, with e-commerce, it's somebody checks out or, uh, you know, in other websites, it's somebody requests a demo or something like that. You have to know what these things are. You have to know the moment that your visitor provides value and the moment that your digital presence has provided value to you. Without knowing that, you're just nowhere. And we see a lot of people doing an enormous amount of work without any idea... Kind of what the goal is. I was working with a healthcare client. Back when I was in services, I was working with a healthcare client. And I was talking to their director of marketing. He says, the CEO calls me all the time and says, we need more social media update. And he would go back to the CEO and say, why? And the CEO couldn't even tell them why, because the CEO didn't understand the chain from action that the digital team takes to conversion or some moment when the website provides value. So you have to know that. Once you know that the conversion points when your website provides them value, then you just need to break things down. You need to divide your web presence up into chunks that you can improve over time. Too many people just try to tackle the entire thing at once. You know, let's take a look at your contact us form. Maybe we need to spend some time just fixing that. And then, you know what? Let's move to your homepage and run a couple experiments there. I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that Optimizely sells an experimentation suite. Run a couple experiments on your homepage. What's it going to take to drive people to that contact form? Literally, if that's the, the goal that you know that you have to improve, you can work towards improving that goal and you can filter out people in the organization that have pet projects or pet ideas, or they're sure that this is going to make things better. If you can go back to them and say, nope, this is the goal. This is the goal we're working towards. You can start making incremental steps toward improving that goal. And that's probably the most important thing that an organization can do.
1: I think that's, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Dean hits upon two things that are really interesting there. The first one is a lot of people that we work with, uh, or you know, often one of the struggles that heads of digital have is I keep getting asked to do kind of crazy things like create more social media posts by senior people. Um which adds to that whole noise that um, that adds to the queue of, you know, the backlog of urgent stuff that needs doing that means that you never get the chance to stop and actually think about things strategically. And actually, there is an element of a lack of understanding within um, very senior people, because maybe they're, you know, they're not so experienced at working within the kind of digital space. Although, to be honest, it's been 20 years, I I have little sympathy for that now, you know, an organisation that's probably not only just digital first, but pretty much digital all over you know if you think about it now your first interaction with um, with an organization is going to be probably through its digital channels and maybe even the entire service experience will be through digital channels leaders should get this by now right um but my point is is that if you know digital teams are getting kind of requests from leadership such as create loads of social media posts or build us an app there's another one i've heard we need an app Well, why do we need an app is because actually there's a responsibility on digital leaders to step up and be leaders and to be able to say, right, you need to tell us where where this business needs to be, and we will help develop um, an understanding of what those key conversion points are. You know, you can't expect senior, you know, necessarily people who aren't sort of native digital folk to understand that. But if you provide them with that information, I hope you would get less of those kind of slightly daft requests. If you see what I mean, Dean, you know, I think there's a responsibility on digital professionals to to educate upwards. and, And rather than kind of feel like they're, if you're in an organization that's struggling, change that organization if you can, you know, it's a two way thing. This goes back to trust, right? Yeah. The
2: reason why you have people in digital not resisting calls to do things that aren't going to provide value is because Right. Professional insecurity. They don't believe that their leaders trust them. They think they just have to do whatever the CEO or the CMO tells them to do. They don't feel like they can push back. I have been working in the digital space for 25 years and everything comes back to organizational and personal psychology at some level. I think you have people on the digital team that just they just don't feel like they can push back and make the right suggestions. And they just have to do what someone hired at the org tells them to do. And that's just a recipe for disaster, really. It
1: also means you're going to lose the other best people you have because no one with any integrity and real talent will stick
0: around if that's the kind of
1: corporate environment that they're in. You know, people have a lot of choice these days, particularly with increasing, you know, mobility um and and hybrid working, is that that, you know, is that really the world is your your you know, your talent market now. Um, and you can find the best people if you build the best cultures. You and know, it doesn't really matter where they live um you know for example in that cell you know we, we some of us live outside of the UK some of us live across the UK you know and it's worked very well um but I think this thing about uh, about the Dean was saying about breaking it down and this we touched upon this in the answer to the last question about the um the uh balanced portfolio this is where, you you know you do need to break down those conversion points and how we improve those conversion points into a really simple set of steps that by improving this um you can understand how you're influencing the outcome so you don't necessarily need to rebuild the whole of your um you know your shopping funnel for example or your conversion funnel but build a program and invest in this experimentation so this is both in the platform as dean said optimisely Uh, has an experimentation suite built into it, Uh, but also um, working with the agency, um, the partner that you work with, to understand um, how experimentation works. At Netcell, we do a lot of work with um, digital leaders on kind of building out both kind of capability at the kind of operational level. How do I design an experiment? But also about how you build business case for experimentation and um you know and and kind of build a business case for broader digital um evolution as a concept um we've actually uh, published a report um that you can download from uh, netcell.com forward slash report um that talks a lot about this um that's uh, Dean's been involved with and some other leading uh, digital professionals as well so if if you wanted to look, read more you can check that out that's uh, been supported by Optimizely. Yeah, so there's, there's some good sort of starting points in that.
0: Yes, please go ahead and send me that link when you can, Dom, and I will definitely put it in the link to the show notes of this podcast that we will have cool. on our website. Perfect. Thank you. Great. Uh, you guys have covered a lot and just being conscious of time. Is there anything else that we didn't cover that you'd like to speak on before we wrap up?
2: Both Dom and I have alluded to the concept of like employee morale, psychology and retention. And I think this is one of the big crises in digital right now is that people are searching for the organization that gets it. People are searching for the organization that they can work at and feel good about their work and feel like they're making a positive impact. And so when you hamper your digital teams, when you try to overload them, when you are vague with them and you don't have clear goals with them, and you don't let them try new things and incrementally make improvements, You hurt your organization in two ways. Number one, just through lack of conversion, right? Lack of digital efficiency and and effectiveness. But you also hurt them through lack of employer morale and retention. Losing digital employees is so painful because they are so painful to replace these days. And so uh, the damage to your organization is considerable. And I think it's very short-sighted to put some 30-day quantitative metric in front of
1: that. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with that. And I think one of the ways that you can um, tackle that is by, you know, ensuring that you've got – digital isn't something that's just done with a digital team or just done by the digital team. Um, We talk a lot about um, digital operating models with the clients that we work with, and this is where we get into the kind of, you know, how do you govern and and, and lead digital, not just how do you build the right products or build the right experiences – um, but, you know, if, for example, you're a professional services company and you want to um, segment, um, you know, to different markets and build authority in different markets, say you're a lawyer firm or you're a, or a you know, a, another kind of professional services firm, you want to build authority in merchants and acquisitions, you want to build authority in, you know, in sports licensing law. You're going to need a lot of help from the people in your organisation to generate that content. That content isn't going to be generated necessarily by the digital team, but the digital team are there as an enabler. They're there to provide the technology and the advice and the kind of lead and give give people the confidence to be able to create content themselves, be able to create their own campaigns. So digital is something that, that actually another principle and concept that Dean and I have been talking about recently is this idea of that digital is like water. It's, um, it's kind of everywhere and you don't notice it um, as if you're a fish. Um, and, and we'll put the link to that article in, in the podcast as well. That There's this idea that actually everyone should be responsible for doing digital to a level uh, of excellence across your organisation in the same way that everyone's able to write emails to a level of excellence across the organisation. Um, and your digital teams are really there to set the standards, set examples, measure success, share that success, build a centre of excellence, um, but also enable everyone else. So you don't need to necessarily overwork people. Um, you can build, uh, you know, give people the tools they need to be able to run um, their own um, operations and the digital elements of their operations, but with the oversight and support from the digital team. So this is known as a kind of hub and spoke model. Um, and this has been a really powerful way of scaling digital, where you you know, you know, don't want to overload your digital teams. The digital leaders can stay being exactly that, leaders, innovators, um, consultants, working within the organisation to set the agenda, to build the, the infrastructure that, that your organisation needs for the future while training up and building basic levels of you know high quality digital competences in your marketing teams in your customer service teams in your product development teams in your you know all the different um uh parts of your organisation that interface within, with uh, with with customers and that's a that's been a really successful uh, model for many and and i think um one that has a you know a kind of rosy future ahead of it
0: I love that you brought up the uh, the what is water paper. I had a chance to read that and it's a very interesting article. And I know, Dean, you actually sent a YouTube video that talks about the commencement speech. So I am also going to put a link to that in the article because it is quite fascinating and quite applicable, as I said. So uh, thank you both for contributing uh, both of those pieces that would supplement the subject that we talked about today. I think that'll really drive the point home.
2: And I have you- a shared love of David Foster Wallace. Yes, indeed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you both so much uh, for taking the time to come on today. And thank you all so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Optimizely podcast. I am Laura Dolan, and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Optimizely podcast. If you'd like to check out more episodes or learn more about how we can take your business to the next level by using our marketing content or experimentation tools, please visit our website at Optimizely.com. Or you can contact us directly using the link at the bottom of this podcast blog to hear more about how our products will help you unlock your digital potential.